Welcome to the first free two hours of the BingeCast on the Binge Media Podcast Network. All of our listeners receive the first two hours of the BingeCast for free. For only $5 a month, premium members receive the full binge. The entire four-hour show available exclusively at patreon.com slash binge media. And they'll get early access to the show 24 hours before everyone else. Sign up at patreon.com slash binge media to join us today for only $5 a month. And now, the binge cast. That's what it is. Like, as big as racism is in America, football. That's true. That's true. Look, they go, there's a Disney movie, Remember the Titans, dedicated to what I just told you. The whole point of that, dude, that was one high school football season. Remember the Titans was like, it was eight weeks. You know, that whole town went from like centuries of like, don't let them in our school, to just like, oh shit, the high school team's 4-0? Those are my brothers. <laughs> Welcome to the Binge Cast. My name is Jim Law. I'm here with Johnny Moreno, Amy Gilbert. 708-406-9546. They did drop a couple bob at Hey, sorry, you fucking son of a bitch. You should be saying, this is my favorite comic book me ever. Because this is based on a fucking literal comic book. This fucking movie, though, is amazing. <laughs> I just think he's fucking boring and a douchebag. Great year for movies. This whole movie's just a fucking embarrassment. Really fucking enjoyed this movie. Had me fucking interested from beginning to end. Really, really hit close to home. Apparently, I called it Grand Budapest. Bobadoo! You're stumbling all over your Bobadoo. This comic book thing happened over here, and it was like people fighting and shit. Who gives a fuck? Wait, wait, what the yeah. fuck are you talking about? He has a protege after that. Protege. <laughs> wow. That yeah. was fantastic. Nine on ten. It's an easy nine on ten. Everybody, uh, thanks for listening. Yo, yo, yo. It's Jack. Welcome to the Binge Cast. I'm hosting this week. You're welcome. I have brought in my good pal, Chad C. How you doing, Steph Chad? Buddy, how's it going? It's been a minute. Yeah, very good. Very good. Uh, lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. Uh, you are currently listening to the Free Binge. Uh, the Free Binge can be found at our uh, regular feed. And uh, for five bucks a month on Patreon, you can subscribe to the Full Binge over uh, patreon.com slash binge media, where you get the Full Binge, which is usually a little additional content at the end of the uh, the main binge here. Uh, we do, sometimes we'll do a commentary, sometimes we'll do special games, uh, all different kinds of stuff. Uh, this week, I believe the boys will be doing an Alex and Law game, uh, similar to the GC game. So for you Patreon subscribers, stay tuned to hear that. And uh, yeah, if you want to get on in on that and any of the other extra shows that we have going on on Patreon, five bucks a month. Again, patreon.com slash binge media. All right, Chad, uh, how's it going, man? We, uh, You and I, I feel like we text more often uh, these days due to, you know, fantasy football bullshit going on in the background. But uh, how, how, how are things in uh, in your world right now? Good, man. Just fucking busy. We're, you know, getting the summer movie season. And, of course, that uh, my, my fucking job is that <laughs> shit. So, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. CinemaCon in Vegas last week and 
it was just just been kind of nonstop, really. Kind of this is the first week I've had to kind of just chill, and I, I knew I was doing this show, so I was able to catch up on some some content, of course. But yeah, man, it's busy as always, and uh, yeah, just ready to talk some movies and TV. Now, when it comes to CinemaCon, I mean, you know, we we know you've been going for a few years now, gotten different pictures over the years, different stories, been able to glad hand with a few celebrities here and there. Um, you know, uh, as somebody who's into, you know, movies as much as I am, a bunch of people on this site are as well, I do find myself checking out YouTube channels of different people who, you know, review movies or, or kind of in that world. And a bunch of them actually did have some CinemaCon coverage. And every year I wonder the same thing. And I, I you might have answered this question in the past, but um, when it comes to CinemaCon, is there a contingent of spots available for people to attend that aren't vendors or directly involved in the industry or is it strictly vendor event it's an advertising thing through and through and that's who it's made for yeah so it's probably 95 percent uh industry and then yeah like five percent so you, you can buy a ticket to it but it's like 12 or 1300 dollars for admission and gotcha. that's just for the ticket to the convention not including if you're going to stay at Caesars, which, of course, is one of the more expensive hotels in Vegas and, yep. you know, food and all that stuff. So, yeah, they, they kind of make it to where uh, not as much uh, of the public is going to attend, which there's very, very few. But, yeah, it's mostly press and, of course, I mean, theaters from all over the world. So it's a very international thing. And I think this year it ranged from anywhere from 3,000 to 5,000 people a day, depending on uh, what day you were there. Cause a lot of the studios will just send their people for their presentation and then they're out of there. And, uh, but I mean, the NFL draft was also going on there this year. And right. it, I mean, it was, it was fucking madness, man. Like I've never seen so many people in Vegas in my life. It was, it was bonkers. <laughs> so yeah, it was, uh, a lot of people had descended on Vegas this one week. I don't know the planning. I think NAB show was also going on the tech conference. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. It was like a, yeah, there was like a crime conference going on at Bally's or something too. So it was hmm. yeah, there's a there's a lot of people there this year. But, nice. Uh, yeah, but mostly mostly industry for the most part. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, it, it it always looks like one of those things where if you're there, I'm sure it's exciting and there's a lot to get caught up in. You know, I mean, I think conferences in general have that feel sometimes. I've I've been to Microsoft Ignite a couple of times, and the production of the thing and the size of it and and all that can be. You know, it's it's fun. You go there to learn some stuff. It can sometimes be overwhelming just because you have so many options for different talks throughout the day or seminars and things things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, actually, you just brought up something else. So, I happen to know because you sent me a clip of it. You attended the draft, did you not? I did. I did, yep. All right. So, what was that like being there? I mean... You know, the draft, I'm kind of new to giving a shit about the draft, right? The last, like, mm-hmm. three years, really. <laughs> Before that, I never watched it, didn't give a fuck, right? Um, as a fan, is it, was it one of those things where, like, you were in Vegas, so it just made sense to go? Or was it a good experience for, for an NFL fan? Yeah, so the the... 95% of the reason I went was because we were in Caesars, and it was at the Caesars... Um fucking lot area that's kind of behind not at Caesars, Caesars Forum sorry so it's like where they used to have the boxing matches and shit but that was the main reason I went stayed an extra day I I didn't make it to the first round Friday night or Thursday night so I just stayed that Friday came back Saturday so I attended the second and third round but 
and I honestly didn't even think that we were going to be able to get in. There's a couple of my work buddies that we knew it was there. So we're like, hey, let's just stay an extra day and see. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we walked right over, uh, walked directly through the metal detectors and walked right in. So I, I, we got there, I think, right as, like, pick 54 in the second. It was right as Skymore was being drafted by the Chiefs. Nice. And, uh, yeah, dude, it was it was a really cool experience. I, I, I think I texted TM as well. Like, I had never been to a draft before, and... Uh, it just yeah, the atmosphere was really cool. If I was a kid, like I would, it would have just been fucking amazing. Because I mean, you can go kick field goals; they're throwing passes to you. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's huge. And then they have like tons of autograph signings of NFL players, um, like just like uh, statues set up of like all thirty-two teams. You can go put your head on, get your picture taken in, like the jersey. I mean, there's just oh, that's a cool. ton of interactive. Yeah, there's a ton of interactive stuff for people to do there, but. It was really cool, man. Like, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be in Kansas City actually next year at Union Station here, mm. and I think they said upwards of three or four hundred thousand people had attended the draft the three days, which it honestly felt like more than that to me. But it was mm. it was very cool, very cool experience. I mean, just seeing like <laughs> just be in line at uh, to get food and you know Mike Greenberg and Lewis Riddick are like right behind me or something. Like it's just it's just very surreal, like seeing you know, all these ESPN personalities that you see. And then like 20 minutes later, they're on TV on set. Cause it's just right next door. So it was, yeah. it was kind of a surreal experience, especially being such a big football fan and everything. But I, w- I would recommend, you know, if you can make it to one, uh, definitely do it because I mean, it's free and yeah, you can't really beat that. So yeah, maybe it's worth uh, organizing with the sports cast to uh, plan a future trip is all I'm saying. So Maybe yeah. we'll maybe we'll maybe we'll take that offline, but uh, yeah. Well, all right. See next year. You, you know, you you may know someone that lives there. You may well, know someone that lives there. Well then, well then. <laughs> um, all right. So, I think we should just jump into things. Uh, we've got a few voicemails here, so uh, let's let's go ahead and get that done. Let's see here. Let's do it. Let's call Google Voice. Ah, let's call that Mexican. Let's call Pete and see, yeah, and that drunk Canadian. Oh, maybe I'll call 70-846-9546. Suck on my balls. Just suck my fucking balls. <laughs> All right, 708-406-9546. We have four voicemails today. So... Let's give him a whirl. This one looks like it might be a little bit short, so let's see. Damn, Zong! What the fuck? <laughs> one, more, one more time. One more time. Damn, Zong! I got nothing. Do you know who that is? I mean, I would have, th- I would have thought that it was Alex from the uh, the realtor. You know, the billboard. The damn right. Uh, wasn't her name Deb or something? Damn but that's, Deb that's, or that's Donna something. or something. Donna. That might be what it was. Donna. But then it's like a little moan at the end there. I don't know what the, what that was. Damn Don. <laughs> wow. All right. I got nothing. I don't know, man. I don't know. All right, let's let's uh, let's roll up another one here. Here we go. I'm calling this number back because someone called me from this number. Uh, okay. 
What the fuck? What's going on? I'm being trolled. This week. What is <laughs> What are these voicemails? <laughs> I'm calling back. Is that a... what? Oh, All right. Uh, you know. Uh, okay. <laughs> I wonder who called her from the Google Voice line. Great question. Great question. All right. This is the uh, what was what was the guy's name? The fucking realtor from a few years ago. Oh, Paul Merriman, right? Paul, yeah, Paul Merriman. This is another situation like that. Oh, we God. On. All right. All right. Let's try this one. This was, this was a little bit longer. I feel like maybe this is a this is an actual voicemail. All right. Yeah, some content. Yeah. Yo, what up? I think I'm actually oh. talking to Jack and maybe Stepchad right now. Correct. Am I right? Nailed it. Yeah. Nailed I think it. so. Guys, um, I just TV Roundup is fucking blowing up right now, right? I mean, I, I was dying for a show six weeks ago, and now I have too many shows. But I'm finishing up, I think, episode seven of Winning Time, the story, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty, HBO, John C. Riley, everybody else. Anyone watching this? I know Law reviewed, I think, the premiere, uh, mocked it out a little. But I totally got that when I watched the first episode. I was like, this is kind of cool. I'll watch another one, but I don't know about some of this shit. I got to say, though, I'm not even done with season one. What a good time the show is. I mean, highly entertaining. The cinematography is very cool. Um, probably the... The, the highlight of the show for me, actually, which I've probably never said before in my life, but I just love what they do with the camera on this show, and John C. Riley, absolute home run. Like, he's going to win something for this, I would think. Um, I guess maybe like a Boogie Nights vibe, which I'm a huge fan of. Yeah, something like that. So anyway, anybody watching... I'd like to hear some chatter on this show about it because I, I was recommending it to Pete, you know, if that tells you guys anything. But I think Pete would dig this. You know, it's kind of like a documentary, but it's, uh, I don't know, it's just it's just great approach here. I love everything about it. All right, I'm rambling. Um, have a good fucking show, you fucking cocksuckers. So, uh, Chad, next week, sportscast, baby. Get ready to talk NBA playoffs. Because God knows if I'm fucking watching any of that bullshit. I fucking love you, John Snow. <laughs> All right, TM. Talking a little winning time. Okay, okay. Uh, I have not started it. No, I, no reason other than I didn't start it when the episode started dropping. And then I heard that it's already been picked up for a second season. And... Uh, I don't know, man. I just I don't I don't want to sh start another show that I have to commit multiple seasons of my time to right now. So um, that that's really it. I have heard good things from from most people who are watching it. Um, it's just a time thing for me. What, what about you? You give it a shot yet? Yeah, I've, I've watched the first three or four. I, I'm not caught up. Uh, I think that was before I left for Vegas, so I've got quite a few to bank, but I, I just didn't get caught up this week. If we, if we do a show next week, I'll definitely have that. But uh, yeah, like TM said, I, I was really enjoying it. Uh, you know, it's like the Adam McKay pseudo documentary, like, yeah, what was it, The Big Short and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's pulling that. It's fictionalized versions of Jerry West and Larry Bird and and Magic Johnson, of course. And the, you, have you seen the stuff that Jerry West has been like freaking out on them? And he's like demanding an apology. 
Saw a little bit of that. Yep, yep, in the trees. Yeah, so I think whatever. yeah, Jason Clark is playing a like a raging version of him. Which, to be fair, from everything I heard about Jerry West, he was kind of an asshole. But like, he's like throwing his trophies, and he's just like this super pissed off person. And and Jerry West, who is the logo of the NBA, if you weren't aware of that, he uh, he's demanding <laughs> apologies from all of the producers, or he's going to sue them essentially. So nice. Yeah, a little drama <laughs> behind it. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed what I saw of it, and I'll, I'll definitely catch up for next week. So. Yeah, I think um, I'm probably going to wait for the finale on that one, and then uh, if people tell me that I need to give it a shot, then I, I you know, I, I will. But uh, yeah, it's just a, it's just a time thing. Um, nothing personal, really. So, yeah. all right, uh, last voicemail. I think this is probably a real one. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Let's be honest, Alex. I have a confession to make. Much like Peter Sednick, I too. Worked at Abercrombie and Fitch. <laughs> you got it right. Now, while Pete was in level three, where the mole people worked in Abercrombie and Fitch, I had the special experience of working at the call center. So while Pete talked to people in person, I was relegated to talking to them on the phone. So if Pete was a mole person, I don't know who lives below the mole people, but that was me. So, yes, <laughs> for a couple months, I worked in a call center with all the other ugly people. And the reality was, the sad reality, all the diverse people, all the overweight people, that was where I worked at the call center. So, while Abercrombie on the surface may have been <laughs> extremely white hot, um, my experience was, was not that. So if you'd like to know what it's like to uh, field Abercrombie catalog called at Christmas, please. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, I did not get a chance to watch the White Hot documentary, but uh, that story was pretty hilarious. Got to be honest. I haven't seen yet, but I did have friends that worked at Abercrombie and Hollister and... uh, never quite made it on the the payroll for either but uh i did shop at those back in the day jeez Jesus well uh 708-406-9546 if you want to hear your voicemail read out and uh commented on on the binge cast that's where to call um all right so chad before we jump into tv i did want to mention one thing that dropped this week that doesn't really fit into any of these other categories um I don't know whether or not you have checked this out yet, but Shane Gillis, the guy who I pulled a clip from his most recent special for the intro, dropped a podcast with his uh, partner, and Matt something I think his name is. Uh, it's a four-part, so far it's a four-part, uh, I don't know, documentary podcast called The Presidents with Louis C.K. And I think it amounts to about nine hours of of podcast with Louis CK talking about the presidents and all of his knowledge of the American presidents. And like, I don't even know what to call it other than it's, it's hilarious at times, but it's also factual and nerdy and really cool. Um, wow. Did you, did you know about this? Did you hear it? Absolutely no idea. I like Shane Gillis and Louis C.K., so no, I'll definitely put this on the docket. I had no idea. This is such a fucking treat. Um, you got you to gotta get through it. it it's, it's one of those things, 
I saw the episode dropped a couple weeks ago, the first one, and I didn't think anything of it. And then Alex actually reached out and he's like, hey, you got to listen to this. And he reminded me. So I got on board. And then within like a couple of days, there were four episodes out. And I just, I, I got through them as fast as I could. Um, fascinating to hear just the, the knowledge that Louis has and the way he breaks it down in, in a sense of, of like, you know, sometimes American history can sound really dull and, and just boring, right? It's, it's a bunch of old guys with wigs on and they're, you kind of lose sight of, um, like the thing that. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda did so well with Hamilton was like he modernized that story so that it makes more sense for us now, you know? Um, sure. Louis does this with like all of the presidents. <laughs> it's it's awesome. Um, while also being hilarious. So uh, strong recommendation for everybody on that. It's called The Presidents. It's the Matt and Shane podcast. Matt, I think it's like Matt and Shane's secret podcast is what it, I think the name is. Um, okay. But highly recommended. Nice. Just pulled it up on Spotify and downloaded it. I'll have to check yeah. it out this week. Yeah, that that is the shit right there. Um, all right, I think. Let's see. Yeah, we'll do some uh, TV roundup. That sounded good, good to you. Do it. All right, let's do it. This TV tonight. So, Chad, you and I were texting a bit. Um, we've got some overlap here. I actually, as we were, uh, as I was thinking about it earlier, I did have a couple things I wanted to talk about on the show outside of what we were we were talking. But uh, why don't you why don't you start off? What do you what do you got on your list here? Uh, I think we probably mostly have. Uh, I've got Barry, Atlanta, We Own the City, and Moon Knight for TV. All right, so the three I've got that overlap are Atlanta, Moon Knight, and We Own This City. So. Okay, so I start with Barry then. Uh, have you you've watched the first two seasons of Barry? Yeah, so I've got a okay. weird uh, thing with Barry where I've watched both the seasons. I really liked them when I watched them, but if you ask me anything that happened in them, I I can't remember. Like I just don't know. I don't know why that yeah. show is not like sticking in my mind, but it just doesn't. Mm. Um, so I've kind of been waiting. To start this, um, I'm thinking that when the season's out, maybe I'll do a recap video and do the whole season. Maybe that helps it stick in my yeah. brain. But for whatever reason, it just, I don't know. I didn't want to rush into this. So what, what, how, how are you sure. feeling about it? 
Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, second season was 2019, so three years ago. So, but mm. it's definitely not your fault by any means. And I had to do the same. I watched uh, it was like a seven minute YouTube recap video on uh, on there, and so got, I caught up. And then, yeah, there's been two episodes so far. Uh, started okay. last Sunday, the 24th of April, I believe. Uh, it really just picks right up. It's it's Barry uh, uh, really dealing with uh, the fallout from season two. But if you don't remember that, you don't really don't remember what I'm talking about. But exactly, you you got everyone back here. Um, I mean, Anthony Kerrigan as Noho Hank is still one of like my favorite TV characters currently. Yeah. <laughs> he's just he's just absolutely fantastic in this, and they're going to kill him off in the pilot originally, but he's so good. They're like, no, we're just going to keep a, keep this part for you. Um, I, I really this is probably my favorite show uh, on TV at the moment. I, I just I really like the writing. Bill Hader is just fantastic in this role. Mm. He uh, he's just. You know, you you care for this guy even though he's just a terrible person. Like, mm. all, all in all, he's not a good person, and that really starts to come out more in this season too because he's like in a really rough spot, and uh, yeah, he's just dealing with uh, like I said, the fallout from two, but he's also trying to juggle uh, the uh, the Gene Cousineau Henry Winkler's character as well. So yeah, these first two episodes started out really strong. I'm I'm really pumped for the rest of the season. That's why I like most is like eight eight episodes season so this has only got six more and it'll be done i love i love the eight episode like half hour it's, it's just so nice <laughs> mm, like it, yep it's it done gets it across and it's not you know drawn out and making me fall asleep while i'm watching it so I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of barry highly highly recommend getting caught up with that yeah i i gotta i gotta find time to redo the other seasons just i man the people that love barry like close friends of mine quote it all the time and every time they do i'm just like i feel like i didn't watch the show almost you know i don't know why but i can't fucking remember almost any of the show like like a couple highlights here and there maybe more of the season one stuff than season two but like just doesn't uh-huh. stay there for some reason hmm. but, yeah it's great man steven root's fantastic as always i'm just yeah not really good cast really good writing yeah. Highly, highly recommend. So. Awesome, awesome. All right. Um, well, let me do one of mine that uh, you don't have on your list. We'll, we'll alternate. So, all right. So this show, um, it was recommended years ago on the podcast, and I didn't watch it at the time because it had subtitles, and you know, I didn't want to get into all that. A friend nudged me to check it out, and I got absolutely obsessed. I started the show. This was a couple weeks ago now, but I started the show. On a Saturday afternoon, I finished the, all three seasons of it by the following Friday night. Um, nice. It was crazy. I stopped everything I was doing for this. And that show is Netflix's Dark. Um, mm. Are you aware of this? Do you know anything about it? Yeah, I've. it's been on the docket for years. Like you okay. said, I've, I've always wanted to check it out, just haven't gotten to it. It's fucking yep. content overload. Yep. Exactly, exactly. So um, the third season aired, I, um, it might have been 2012. 2021 2021 or 2022 it dropped the third and final season so that was part of the reason why i was finally okay with starting this because i knew it had an ending you know okay Um, perfect so the premise of dark is basically it's 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 fairly simple at first um it's this german town it's modern day germany so it's you know it's not um like a different era or anything like that and in this town a boy has gone missing and strange events start occurring. And you start to learn about the characters around this boy, his family, um, his friends. 
and the people that are around uh, around the town and have like association with each other. The show is so much more than that, and it, it starts in this very simple place, and it gets incredibly complex. This is the kind of show that, like, I would never recommend to Pete because it takes a lot of uh, it takes a lot of effort to keep up with the storytelling. Okay, it's this is not a simple show to watch, but. It's one of the most rewarding, and I think it has one of the most satisfying conclusions I've seen in, in a TV series. Um, like, by far, it I, I, I'll probably be thinking about this show forever. Like, it kind of occupies the same space as The Leftovers for me, if that oh, okay. wow. gives you an indication. Um, similar mm-hmm. thing, three seasons, some existential stuff in there, but, um, but Dark is this, like, perfect intersection of absolutely like crazy writing like incredible cinematography great score and great performances it's it's the it's the total package completely and even the fact that it's in german and there are subtitles you get that goes away very quickly with this show because it's so intriguing it was to the point where every episode ended and i had to watch the next one like in a way that I haven't felt in a long time about a show. So, um, yeah, it was really, really solid. Uh, you know, TM had reminded me that Carrie recommended this show to everybody years ago. Nate P recommended it years ago. Um, really good stuff. So for me, dark is like a strong nine on 10. Um, really, really good. Uh, Chad, I'd say, you know, when you're ready for a show that has subtitles, this is, this is worth your time for certain. For certain, um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't actually realize it was over. I thought it was still going. So now that I know it's just a quick, you know, three season, I definitely will move it up the docket for sure. Yeah, um, hour long episodes, but I, I think, I think if you and and you know, again, I, I know, um, you know, Pete's whole thing is like he gives it one, one maybe two episodes, and that's it. So I, I, the first episodes are really good in dark, but I will say there's a story arc that happens in the first like four episodes. When that turned, that was where I I just be, like the blinders were on, and I was obsessed with the show from that point on. So really good, um, definitely a recommendation. So um, yeah, I I give shows more than one episode for sure. I mean, if you if you well, gave The Wire, like Sopranos or Breaking Bad, you know, one episode, you probably wouldn't watch those back in the day, right? Because it, it takes a couple episodes to let the characters actually fully form and develop a little bit. So well, yeah, yeah. sounds great, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, I, you know, in Pete's defense, I'll also say there are a lot of shows that I have watched one episode and uh, I'm good, you know, so I think it works both ways. But um, but yeah. All right. So uh, so what else do you have on your list? Uh, let's jump to Atlanta then. All right. Because that's yeah, I, I didn't I, I was mainly just catching up this week on these current seasons for the most part. Um, yeah. So I think maybe Ammon and Pete talked about Atlanta a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if anybody else has really talked about this on this network in a while. Because, I mean, like Barry, this 2018, it was four years yeah. ago the second season aired. So, I mean, it's been four years now. So the, the, you're caught up on Atlanta as well, though, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, like for the for the, the listeners, the, this season's been really alternating between our, our storyline with Urn and Paperboy and Darius and, and then like an anthology episode, probably like every other. Mm. Uh, so this most recent episode is, was titled New Jazz and it's uh, it's with P- 
Paperboy and Darius as they're, you know, uh, doing some uh, psychedelics in uh, Amsterdam, and it kind of takes Paperboy on a little bit of a journey, uh, which I think ends up pretty, pretty funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying this season, man. I I really like the anthology episodes that they they intertwine in there too. Uh, I, maybe the fact that it's been so long, uh, I, I would have preferred more of like the the Urn Darius more of those episodes this season. It seems like I think there's only maybe one or two left hmm. uh, at this point. But I, I I I think this is another. I think Barry and Atlanta are two of my favorite shows on like TV, like in general that have, are currently airing, and I, I really really dig this. What I mean, what do you what do you think about this season? Yeah, so it's funny you link those two shows together because I believe Hero Mirai directs both of them. Um, uh-huh. yep. So that's that's pretty cool. But uh, um, Atlanta, I've really liked Atlanta throughout. I've been way more interested when Atlanta episodes come on in the anthology episodes, though. Um, okay. You know, I I have never found Atlanta to be laugh-out-loud funny. I don't know why. It's like observationally funny and I love the performances I think all of the the uh, the leads are great obviously since starting Atlanta all four of them have gone on to do incredible work um no, definitely it's, it's a really strong show but I actually really like the writing um from you know from from, from the perspective of like somebody who um I, like I don't know. It's, it just feels like a different perspective to me. It feels like I never know where those anthology stories are going or what the ultimate mm-hmm. point is. And I come away from them thinking like, huh, that was really interesting. You know, um, yep. I mean, my favorite episode of Atlanta ever is the Teddy Perkins episode from season two. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, that's great. It's it's I mean it's David Lynch it's it's creepy it's fucked up weird strange also kind of sad like really difficult to put into a box. Um, the, the opening episode of this season with the, uh, the lesbian couple adopting kids, I didn't know this, but apparently that was a true story or it was at least based on a true story. Um, that, that actually happened. Unfortunately, I think the true story ended a lot darker than the one in, in Atlanta did. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I just think it's interesting for, for like Donald Glover to be pulling these references in real life and i don't know he just he strikes me as an interesting guy and i i'm kind of on board for when he wants to explore stuff that feels like it's even like outside of his experience you know i kind of like him applying his experience his lens to you know a lesbian couple or you know last week's episode where uh you know uh uh, nanny dies and this sort of like child's experience of understanding her death and how the parents feel about that and the subtle social weirdness around all of those things you know um the the Darius Paperboy urn stuff is still fun I mean earlier in the season when they're I don't know I get it's not a huge spoiler but when they're at that that uh I don't know commune and they're pretty sure that Tupac is sitting there. Yeah, Tupac, <laughs> like, yeah. So that's why. I, yeah, it's it's like absurdist, crazy humor. Um, yep. But it, I really don't think there's any show on TV like Atlanta. So I, I really appreciate it for that. You know. Yeah, not at all. Like, yeah, like you said, the writing, like, like even that Tupac episode, like it's just so out of left field, but it works so well. Like, it, it, right? It, yeah, I, 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 the writing is just really top notch with Donald and Stephen Glover, and of course Hero. But yeah, I mean. I, I 
I'm just kind of sad it's ending after next season. I think they've already filmed both of them, so 2023, the fourth season, will air. But um, oh, really? Yeah, I'm excited to see what this this crew does in yeah. general. Like, especially Donald Glover's being a creator and writer. I've always been a fan of his. So, yeah. yeah it, to say nothing for the um, cameo that pops up in this recent episode too, which was mm. totally uh, like I I never would have guessed that, you know. But never in a million years, dude. No, no. that was so funny. Like, no. it's just like what. But yeah, a lot, lot of good stuff there. So, yep. all right. Um, uh, so I'm going to talk about another one. Oh, I'll just mention quick. Better call Saul. Um, for my full thoughts, we're, we're still doing the commentaries for that every week. They drop on Wednesdays. Um, but Saul's Saul's chugging along, uh, getting some good stuff this year. Um, but the other one. So after all of the praise of this show last week, I finally decided to check out the offer, the one about the Godfather, making of the Godfather. Wow. Yep. So, are you a big Godfather fan, or do you just kind of respect it and, you know, kind of stays there? Huge Godfather fan. Yeah, okay. I've, yeah, I've, I, I like one more than two. That's kind of different than most people, I think. But, yeah, I, yeah, I love the first two. I, the third one, it's an abomination. I don't like yep. it at all. But, yeah. I, and it's I've been waiting. I, this is one of those, like you were saying, I want to let the whole season end, and then I'll watch it, because there's just yeah. so much content right now, and yeah, I think this will be better served yeah. binging it. But what you got? Yeah. Um, so I wanted to jump in. I, I, I was hesitating to get into this because I just, I, I'm a huge fan as well. I've read uh, a little bit of the Godfather book, but I, I've seen a lot of stuff. I, I've read a lot of articles about the making of the Godfather, obviously the Bob Evans of it all, all that stuff. And I thought it was weird that this series was being made and that it was being made from the perspective of a producer that I had heard very little about over the years, Al Ruddy. Um, which kind of gave me a weird vibe. I didn't know if maybe Paramount was making this thing because they were able to get the rights to to his story and they couldn't get the Bob Evans rights, which to me, the Bob Evans version of this would have been um, the one that I, I would have gone for if I was making it, you know? Um, so I heard all the praise last week and I asked Alex and I'm like, Alex, because he and I will go back and forth about the gangster shit and it's like, you know, are you digging this? How basically how's the Bob Evans performance? Cause if that's good, then I'm willing to go with this. And he's like, I think it's pretty good, man. I think it's worth your time. So I said, okay. So I watched, uh, two, two episodes of this and I had a lot of thoughts and I got to episode three, got about 10 minutes in and I hit the tap out button harder than I have oh, for anything oh, in a long time, long time. Oh, yeah. So, the the things that this show is doing well, um, there are references to the Godfather films within the story. Um, some lines and some situations you'll recognize from the Godfather movies. And I think that overall, the Bob Evans performance by Matthew Good is, is for lack of a better term, it is very good. Um, it's not the guy I would have chose for the role, but he's got the voice, he's got the speech pattern down. He's solid. He's very solid. So I like that. I think I have a problem with everything else about the show, though, and I can't see past it. Um, number one, I love Whiplash. I think it's one of the best movies of the last decade. I I think I've made up my mind. I do not like Miles Teller. And if he's the center of the show trying to do like a faux tough guy, you know, uh, sort of, sort of like I'm a tough New York Jew kind of character. 
I can't do it. I, I, I don't buy it, and you suck, basically. <laughs> um, I think that there's a... Uh, the Giovanni Ribisi casting is also terrible. I don't know who the real guy is. I didn't bother looking it up. It's terrible. Um, I spent a lot of time over the years watching Hearts of Darkness and a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, interviews with Coppola... Dan Fogler's Coppola is not horrible, but it's not right. It, 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 it doesn't feel like Coppola to me. It feels like cosplay. Um, and it, yeah. yeah, it kind of goes down the line for that. The guy who's doing Pacino is doing such... Uh, I can see he, the, that the actor is not horrible. He's trying. He's got the early Pacino voice. I think he's pushing it too much, though, and I can't, I can't do it, man. So... The, the moment that I tapped out is they go to see Brando. And they've been, they've been talking about for a couple episodes, if we could get Brando, you know, this would be great. They go to Brando's place, and the guy who walks out is Brando. I can't, like, he looks nothing like Brando. He sounds nothing like Brando. And this is the mythic guy that, like, they've been building towards for a few episodes to meet. I just, I've seen too much of the real guy. I can't do it. I can't do it. So... I'm not going to be able to keep watching this show. Um, I know other people on the site are loving it. That's great. This is not for me. I can't. I'm too close to it. I can't. I can't do it. So, gotcha. yeah, that's disappointing. Oh man, pissing in my Cheerios. I was kind of excited, but I've been seeing the reviews have not been good for this. I was kind of surprised by the praise last week. Yeah, Law and Pete were loving it, and yeah, I yeah. I mean, even even Alex was digging it too, and and I I get it. Uh, you know, I, I think that. They, if it hits the right vibe for you with this show, then I, I can see you kind of buying and, and like sort of glossing over the fact that there are some bad performances. There are bad performances in this show. Yeah. The guy playing Pacino. So they do this thing where um, when Pacino pops up, he's actually they're, they're shooting a an audition of him. And Alex pointed this out to me beforehand, but it's actually a famous audition. Like, if you look up on YouTube, Pacino auditions for The Godfather, you're, you actually will see this video online. So they recreate it in the show. I can't... The guy's voice is just too much. I can't get past that. He he kind of looks like Pacino a little bit, but it's uh -huh. just... There, there's another guy that's playing Frank Sinatra in the show couldn't look or sound less like Frank Sinatra if he tried. Like, I don't... I, I don't get it. I don't get it. These are people... It's really tough. These are people that we know that, like, intimately from these movies. And now, it's just fucking with my view of it. And I, I, I'm not gonna... I'm not continuing. So, tap out. Yeah, I'm done. The, the, the Fogler Coppola one was the one I was gonna have a question about, because I'm like, he, I just... I can't see Coppola with Dan Fogler. I don't know. Is it gonna... Yeah. Okay. He, Man, that's disappointing. Of all the performances, I think that his is the closest to Coppola. Like, the closest to the real person. But it's not working for me. So... Gotcha. That's so, all. Quite, so, do you think maybe this would have... So, originally, Army Hammer was in the Miles Teller role, but then, of course, he got canceled and that was replaced. Mm. Do you think it would maybe be a little better with him in the role? Or is Miles Teller just completely taken out of it? Or... Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think that Miles Teller feels too young for the part that he's playing. He, he's okay. he's too young and, like, acting too tough. I think if it's Army Hammer and, you know, he 
he's a little bit older. He feels more correct to me. I mean, if I were... See, I don't know what the age of Ruddy was when he made this movie, when he produced it. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a, there's an insincerity with Miles Teller that's a problem, too. Like, you know, he goes to characters to tell them that this is going to be a great movie and this is his vision for the movie and all this stuff. But I never get the sense that, like, he believes his bullshit, you know? Um, gotcha. So it just doesn't... Yeah, it doesn't work. It's not working for me, so I'm tapping out of the offer. But That's disappointing all around. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. check it out and see. Yeah, I mean, give it a shot. You know, maybe it works for you, but I'm uh, I'm out. So, okay. all right. yeah. All right, what do you get next? Uh, just We Own This City and Moon Knight, which I guess Moon Knight's the finale, so you want to do We Own This City? Sure, sure. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, this is kind of like the – they talked last week about this as well, right, I believe? Yeah, yeah, maybe. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this is really like a spiritual cousin-ish to The Wire. David mm-hmm. Simon and uh, Pelicanos are back. Uh, two episodes have aired so far, and I got to tell you, man, I just being back in this world, it just it just felt great. Like I, I don't yeah. know, I you know, seeing Marlo I mean, as a cop is fucking weird to me. Poot is back. Like yeah, I, I I'm fucking loving this dude. Like the, the first two episodes, I, it just, it really brought me back. And it's like, I, I just want to go back and rewatch the wire now. Cause I mean, the wire is probably is my favorite show of all time. And mm. the performances here are great. I, you know, it's a little more definitely like all the comic, like humor is completely ripped out of this. Cause you can tell that they're really just trying to tell this, story in a six episode arc because it's of course based on a true story but right yeah it's i burnthal is fantastic and that's just such a cocksucker fucking uh, josh charles uh just just the worst but so good like, yeah the fucking second that he's sitting at the bar that second episode and he's like how's your wife and my kids it's just so fucking cringy and such a dickhead uh, he's such a dick uh, what, what are you? How are you feeling after these first two? Yeah, you know it's funny. All this, you know, all the Marvel stuff. It's like, oh, you know, where's the next cameo going to pop up in whatever movie or TV show you're watching? And uh, I, I, I didn't even think that this was going to happen. But watching this show, it's like, oh, Landsman, nice. You know, <laughs> like you get your fucking wire cameos, but they're actually performances in the show. It's so cool. Um, yeah, I, I really like the style. Um, it's it's a good follow up so far to the wire um, because you can feel and I was actually it was, again I was texting Alex this before um, you almost feel like you're on the same sets from the wire um, in fact there were a couple locations as I was watching the episode particularly when like uh, Marlo's character is investigating a, uh, a murder scene it felt a lot like a location that we've seen previously in the wire. Um, Definitely. I didn't know if that was actually this, supposed to be the same place or, you know, maybe if they just filmed there or whatever, but there's so many shades of, of the stuff that's, that's from the wire. Um, you mentioned Bernthal. He's, he's like magnetic as just a piece of shit. Um, yeah. I, I, all, all the performances so far have been really good. I, I like that they're diving into the uh, political side of things again. I mean, it, you know, to say that it's a follow up to the wire is a little bit disingenuous because it's 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 not the same characters, but it's the same city, so it it is the same characters. You know, um, yeah. different people, but the same types. Um, but yeah, it's 
really, really great through two episodes. It, it feels like um, just a, a type of television that um, nobody else knows how to make, you know, uh, Definitely, which, yeah. which is great. The yeah, just like just what you said though, like yeah, the streets and like you can tell like okay, like I'm just back in this world again. And I mean, do you do you know much about this like story in real life? Like what this is actually based on? No, I decided to uh, avoid the the book Same. beforehand. So I, I kind of wanted to see this fresh, and then I think I'm gonna dive right into the the audiobook afterwards. Yeah. Same, same. That's why I was like, oh, I just kind of want to watch this for what it is and then go from there because, yeah, I mean, obviously this is all based on true events and everything. But, yeah, dude, it, it is – I will say it's a little hard for me uh, seeing Jamie Hector as a as a cop in this completely flip from Marlowe. But right. he's still a good actor and, you know, it's just you know, getting over that initial hump. Oh, that's Marlowe. That's Marlowe. Okay, no, he's a cop. He's a detective. This <laughs> So, yeah, I, I can't recommend this enough, though. It just – I feel like this is just going to get passed over, though, because it's, it's not one of those, like, Sunday night, you know, HBO shows. I think it's just airing on HBO Max on Monday nights, and there's just so much content right now. I hope people actually find this. But, yeah, if you're a fan of The Wire, I can't see you not enjoying this by any means. It's, it's fucking fantastic through two episodes. I'm, I'm really excited to see how this wraps up in the next four. So, Yeah, highly, very highly strong. that as well. So yeah. much good TV right now, man. There is so much I've got to right now. It's like, God damn. <laughs> I know. I, I, had, you know, I had started the Underground Railroad a few weeks back, and I got to get back to it. But man, that was another one. First episode, you know, the show is is really good through the first step, and then it gets to the ending, and there's like there's this music cue where you just kind of say to yourself, like, what fucking show am I watching right now? This is awesome, you know. <laughs> so I got to get back to that one. Um, so much another stuff on the docket. Yeah, yeah. Um, first world problem, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Very true. Um, all right. Well, uh, last one's Moon Knight. So Moon Knight finale. Um, I okay. So let's take it in pieces because I, I don't know if either of us have talked about this at all on the podcasts. But um, I, I think we're both Oscar Isaac fans, right? Um, Absolutely. That was the that was the my drawing uh, factor for this. I was like, yep. Oscar Isaac, I'm in. Perfect. Yep. yep. Um, I think Ethan Hawke has been really good in this. Um, I would have liked a, a little more with him, to be honest, but uh, yep. good. He's, he was good. Um, I thought that overall the show looked great because they filmed a lot of stuff on location and you could tell. I thought that was kind of refreshing. Um, and yeah, I, uh, I got to say the finale was a, a bit underwhelming for me. Uh, how, how did you feel? absolutely the same yeah i yeah. I, I think yeah oscar isaac is definitely the standout here i think he's fantastic playing multiple roles and ethan hawk great as well mm. i think this just i don't know it's, it's just the same as like a lot of these disney plus marvel shows for me like i i liked it for the most part week to week but then as it ended i'm just like okay that probably could have been like a two and a half hour movie or something like mm. I, I get this is a you know a b or c tier list marvel character so it makes sense this is not a movie just thrown into the theater, but I don't, yeah, it's very underwhelming all around at the end. It's like, do, do you, we're probably going to get, I, I don't think there'll be a second season for this. I, I wouldn't imagine. It seems like it wraps up everything pretty nicely with this character for the most part after, I guess, the post credit scene. But I feel like we'll see him in shows or movies in the future. But yeah, I was just kind of left like, 
okay. Like, I think the fifth episode, they do a pre- it's a pretty good, like, you know, dealing with mental health episode. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the next episode, it's a fucking giant crocodile fighting a giant fucking bird. It's just like, okay, like, what's going on here? So, Well, I think that's that's my biggest problem with it is you... So I think that, that like, the focus of the show is, is just, like, all over the place, you know? Yeah. Um, you get three episodes of, and, and this is, this is probably going to be a little bit of spoiler talk for Moon Knight. So if you haven't seen it, maybe skip a couple minutes ahead. But so, so the first three episodes, there's a conflict with Ethan Hawke's character and like, he's working on behalf of this God who is trying to judge the planet. Okay, cool. Whatever. Then we swerve and we get two episodes where I don't know what reality is anymore. And they don't make it clear by the end whatsoever. Like, you know the 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 whole um like the white office where H- harrow and uh moon knight i don't know which one he is at that point but like they're sitting in the office and and he's like at a psychologist's uh thing is that reality is all the crime fighting in egypt reality is the underworld real like by the end of the show, it feels like they got into a place where they said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We don't know what we're going to do next with Moon Knight. So let's find an ending where whoever wants to pick up the ball and run with it for the next Moon Knight thing, he's either a superhero or he's insane and you can go in either direction. You know, yep. I, I kind of don't like the indecision. I wish they just would have chosen something, stuck with it and carried that through to its conclusion, you know. So, yeah. I, I I don't know how to feel about it. Um, it it's it's just, yeah, I, it's it's the whole idea of like you never want to throw your toys out. You want to just put them back in the toy box, kind of thing. Mm. Um, yeah, I just wish there was a little more permanence with, you know, okay, th- this is the way we're going to do this character. Let's just move in that direction and do it. You know, um. Regardless of what the choice is, just make a choice, stick with it. So the indecision kind of killed it for me. Yeah, and was it just me, or was there maybe like a total of ten minutes of actual Moon Knight screen time in this whole thing? Like it, he's very rarely in costume. It seemed like, which I get. I don't. I don't know a ton about this character other than like the honestly the most I remember about Moon Knight is like from Marvel Ultimate Alliance, the video game, like the first one. Sure, <laughs> but. But I mean, I get you're you're establishing this is a very complex character. He's got multiple personalities and everything. But I just feel like there was very little of him actually in the suit fighting for the most part in this too. Which is kind of, I guess, for diehard fans, they're probably a little underwhelmed by that too. But yeah, it just kind of left me wanting more and just kind of like, okay, I just finished another Marvel series on. <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't great by any means. But I didn't I didn't hate the whole season overall. I think. I think yeah. Oscar Isaac is definitely worth watching for alone because he's playing, play, playing it really well as multiple characters here. So, yeah, I think they definitely have struck gold with the casting, and I think there's a lot of promise. But, but then there's also, I think that Marvel in some properties more than others does a better job of telling the story that they're focused on in the moment, and then moving on and like teasing the next thing. Um, mm-hmm. I've kind of had this problem with. A bunch of the shows, actually, I felt like Loki did the same thing, where Loki was telling a story, and then for the finale, they decided that they were going to stop telling that story, and yeah. instead, they were just going to tease the next thing instead of, like, finishing their dinner, you know? <laughs> they were trying to get to dessert, and yeah. this feels a little bit like that, where they opened up some interesting possibilities, and then 
didn't really say anything about them and mm-hmm. kind of just moved on for whoever has the ball next. So yeah, I think that's pretty um, spot on. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I do want to see the character again, but I think I want to see this character as like a crazy bastard as like a street level enforcer kind of thing alongside, I don't know, like, like Spider-Man daredevil, like that level, you know, um, the whole magical Egyptian God thing to me, it's fun, but I don't know where that fits in with any of the other characters. So who knows, but all right. What would, you give, what would you give this season overall, like rating wise? It's like a soft six, you know. Yeah, I was gonna say that's six for me as well. So, yeah. There were some good episodes. There were some really interesting character things. The performance is good, but just I don't I don't think I'm gonna revisit this. So no, not at all. Yeah. But all right. Well, that's all the TV we got. Uh, Let's do some what did you watch this week. Can we uh, maybe take a pee break first before we hit this? Oh, we, we can do a pee break. Let's do that. All right. Pee break it up. You want a pee break, sir? I need, I need to pee at least. You guys. Oh, for fuck's sake. I have a suggestion. Can we do a quick pee break? Yes. Have you got the pee break or do I got the pee break? I can do it. You got it or I got it. Here we go. Rises high, but nothing hides the sound it makes when it hits your thigh. It'll dry in just no time, pissing on your thigh. We are pissing now. A lot of piss came out of my penis. Pitch cast all night. I'm in here. We'll round up TV and review some clicks tonight. Probably. Then budgets have a boob surprise. Yummy. Set the balls tonight. Pissing now. Tickling pickles and shit. Bitch cast all night. Fuck your mother. Drinking highlights. Hey, girl. Provoking. Ooh, did I get back first? Nice. You just beat me. God damn it. No, I didn't just beat you. I've been here for about five minutes. <laughs> Bird up. Hello. All right. Let's uh let's do what did you watch here? What a wicked thing to do To make me surprise
Still a favorite. I love that sound. <laughs> it's a good one. Oh, oh, the law hates the uh, the the fucking Spice Girls one. That's right. Yeah, yeah, not a fan. I was thinking that might be the one. No, it's the other one. Okay. I, I mean, I love that one too. So. What can you do? What can you do? All right. So um, a little bit light on the movies this week. Uh, I saw a couple of things that you talked about on a previous binge views, and then uh, then we're going to discuss the big one at the end here. Um, just for people who want to skip all spoilers, so we are going to have a non-spoiler review, and then we'll probably do a little bit of time on spoilers after that. So if you don't want to know anything about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, skip now. Go check out the full binge. Subscribe on Patreon, 708-406-9546, all that stuff. So, um, all right, Chad, do you have anything outside of Doctor Strange? Uh, I do have a stand-up special. I guess that technically qualifies, right? Let's do it, yeah. man. Um, it's just, uh, it was on Netflix this week. It's a 36-minute uh, Chris DiStefano's uh, Speshy Weshy. You oh, okay. Know Chris DiStefano. I, I know the name. I don't really know his comedy. Gotcha. Okay, so he's, uh, you know, that L.A. comedy scene. He's uh, he, he's good friends with Andrew Santino, who I'm a huge fan of, and he's on his podcast quite a bit. I, I've actually only seen a couple of his stand-ups, but this is a quick, like I said, 36-minute one. It, it's, it's pretty fucking funny. He deals with, like, woke culture a lot, and uh, just, like, his uh, Latina wife that he uh, he's married to and, like, his family and stuff. Uh, he, he might be a little bit of an acquired taste, uh, he, okay. he, I think he opens this and says he's like, he had like six martinis or something before the, the show. So you can tell he's a little sauced up, but, uh, like it's, like I said, it's quick stand up special. I had a pretty good time with it. Um, yeah, if you like Chris Stefano and stand up, I'd say check it out. He's, he's pretty funny though. I, I like him. I, he, I think he plays a little bit better off of someone because I know, like I said, he's on Whiskey Ginger Santino's podcast quite a bit and, and they riff back and forth and they're really funny together, but I think all in all, he's still a pretty good, uh, pretty good stand-up. So I, mean, I would recommend that. Excellent. Um, that's really all I have, other than everything else we got. So, all right. Any, uh, any like number rating on that, or just a recommendation? Um, yeah, I'd probably give that like a, a strong six, soft seven. Not, not, not amazing, but yep. I think I mean stand-up comedian comedy is so. Uh, it's so subjective, and you really like who you like, and there's certain people who are just like fuck that guy. I don't like him at all, but. Yeah. yeah, I could see him being very divisive like that too, because he's a he could be a little douchey maybe, but uh, I, I I like him quite a bit. He's on uh, the the Michael Che show on uh, HBO Max as well. Oh, okay. He, yeah, he used to like host like Ultimate Beastmaster for Netflix. He got fired from that. He talks about that in a special as well. But quite just a part of that LA comedy scene that is you know they're all doing podcasts, they're all doing stand up, and I think yep. he has a podcast on himself as well. So gotcha, gotcha. All right, yeah. nice. Um, all right. Well, like I said, uh, I know that you've given some thoughts on these movies, but I uh, figured another perspective would be worth it. So, uh, yeah, I've been to the theater a couple of times in the past few weeks. Um, I didn't talk about this on a podcast, actually, now that I think about it. I did see Ambulance maybe a month ago. Um, oh, wow. Ambulance was uh, it it uh, it was a movie. That's that's <laughs> really all I could say about it. I mean, was it fun to watch? It had some decent moments, you know. Um, I liked uh, some of the action. I felt like the movie was a little bit too long. Um, I thought the the initial bank robbery scene was good, and it had some moments. It, you know, it, it was the perfect movie to watch once and then, like, never have to think about again in my life. Um, Absolutely. 
So, you know, for that alone, it gets like a, I don't know, like a strong five, but it's it's nothing that I would write home about. Um, I can understand Jill and all wanting to just like have a good time and ham it up. Um, that makes sense, but you know, it's it's not like it's not anything special. So, yeah, all, um, all logic gets thrown out the window with that one. It's just a really dumb blockbuster yeah. movie. The one thing I will say though, and you know, it, it, the the one thing I'm, I've never seen in another movie is yes, there were a lot of drone shots in this, but there was one in particular that I thought was truly, like, jaw-dropping, and I wish there were more drone shots like that. But there's a sequence where, for no reason, the ambulance and, like, eight cop cars go into what looks like an empty parking lot that happens to have a couple of jumps in it. Um, There's one... It's impossible to describe without seeing it, but basically, like, the drone travels underneath a car as it's going over a jump from left to right of screen and and it's chasing behind the ambulance and two other cop cars that are pursuing it. Um, really cool and kinetic action scene. Um, that that stuff was great. It's just, you know, you, there was just nothing else to it. So, uh, yeah, Ambulance 5 on 10. Um, next up, I checked out The Northman. Um, so, if memory serves, this was one of your favorite movies of the year, right? It is. Uh, it's number two behind okay. uh, the other one you're going to talk about. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, okay. So, The Northman went in, um, not many expectations. I had seen maybe like a TV spot, um, just wanted the new Robert Eggers. He's one of our guys, right? I mean, he's making phenomenal movies. I want to keep up with everything he's doing. And I I got into it, and I, I think ultimately this was a really well-made movie, um, really nicely put together, but it didn't, it, it was kind of lacking uh, some story beats for me and like lacking some, it almost felt like a movie that was made of two acts and like the third act had been cut from it in, in a lot of ways. Um, I kind of had that issue. I didn't think it was as crazy quote unquote, or as intense quote unquote, as I was led to believe it would be. Um, there, there was a lot of stuff in here that I, I've seen in other movies like this. Um, the, the historical authenticity thing is admirable, but I think that, you know, when, you, when you're talking about ancient stories, the Viking sagas are simple stories. And I just felt like there wasn't enough story here for me to latch on to these characters. Um, and that, that ultimately hurt it for me. So I didn't love the Northmen. I wanted to, but I, I thought that it was very well made, but just didn't work for me is kind of what it comes down to. Um, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, Sarsgaard is is really solid, really, really intense, uh, solid performance. Um, but it, it, it just was weird to me that in this kind of movie, this character gets to a, a location and then, I don't know, an hour of the movie is spent in this one location. And, and it's just kind of like, it's a very simple story. And, and it's like it's simpler than I could have even imagined it would be. Um, oh yeah, it's very very simplistic. Yeah, so yeah, that, that was. I think it ranks third in my my Eggers films, um, and then The Witch and the Lighthouse. I'd have to I'd have to watch them both again to like decide one and two there. But uh, yeah, just I, I wanted more from it. Is what it came down to. So um, I can understand that for sure. I mean, it's like you said, it's very very simplistic story, and I think I even mentioned that in my review. It's like you know, cut and dry. His, his dad is murdered. He's out for revenge, and 
yeah. he's trying to seek that. But yeah, I don't know. There was something about it just kind of like pulled me in, and I was just really there with it. And it, it, um, I just uh, had a really good time. And it's pretty. Yeah, I don't think I did see some reviews that are like the most grotesque, violent. Yeah, like there's not really a ton of that. By not really. Means. There's. Th- yeah. I've never seen a naked volcano fight before. I'll say that. Um, sure. Sure. That was kind of new for me. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Oh, def- yeah, definitely. <laughs> and and you know, there's yeah. there's other stuff too where it's like, I, I don't know. I I felt like there was this great action sequence in the first third of the movie, and then nothing that followed, like even came close to meeting that. You know, yeah. um, like the 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 siege on that fort. It's it's like a single take, uh, or at least cut to look that way. Um, uh, you're in it. it. It's 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 great, and then nothing like that happens again in the movie and for me that was just it was just odd you know it's like you're supposed to be like an action film like this you got to build up to like another one of those sequences somewhere in there and it just felt like it was missing that like the act in which that would occur like i thought not that this this is maybe like a moderate spoiler but it's very clear about saying these are his three goals throughout the movie. However, there's like a whole aspect of the story where the person he's hunting took over his kingdom. And that just like isn't, it, it's not even like really important to anything that happens. The, like the fact that his kingdom has been taken over by somebody isn't in his mind at all as a goal to, to like go and get his kingdom back, which was it just seemed weird to me. I don't know. It just that whole aspect was like, I don't know. It, it didn't work. It didn't work for me. But okay, but, you I know. respect that. Yeah, it's definitely not for everybody. I mean, he's, yeah. I don't think The Witch or The Lighthouse are for everybody either. I know a lot of people oh, hate those movies, but absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I can appreciate. Yeah, I, I the thing I appreciate the most is that you know he got he got that ninety million to make this movie, and he's like, I mean, this is it's not doing well. It didn't do well. Uh, it's not going to make even close to its budget back, which kind of was like, how did he get $90 million for this? I know. I know. Um, It's made a total of what have we got here? Like 20. Yeah. uh, I was looking at the box. I I just lost it. Okay. 26 million domestic right now, which is pretty brutal, but Hey, he got to make his, his, his passion project. And I guess we'll see where it goes from here. But yeah, I still had a really good time with it too, but Mm. I can, I can see the, uh, the, the not not loving it. I I, I also really like Nicole Kidman's uh, performance in this too. She, I think she does a really. Uh, yep. Yep. Um, yeah. I don't different. Too spoilery, I guess. But yeah. 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 Didn't really see that. See it coming. What happened? But agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that was uh, that was a Northman for me. I would number rating for that one. I I gotta go like it's strong six is kind of where I'm at. Um, okay. I could I could see another viewing bumping it up a little bit now that I know what I'm in for, you know? Um, I feel like the six is kind of disrespectful to Eggers because I know that he is such a stickler for historical accuracy. And I think that he made, well, I think he tried to make exactly the movie that he wanted to. I do feel that you can kind of sense that he doesn't have final cut because there are sequences in it where it's like, Eh, this is this, I don't understand like why we have heroic shots of these characters on horseback right now. Like that doesn't, uh-huh. you know. I think th- we this... talked about that, right? Yeah, he, he did yeah. not have final cut for this. Yeah, we were texting back and forth. And yeah. like you said, the second viewing for me did it was it did hold up even more. So I think so. 
Yeah, maybe revisit it in like a year or two and you might like it a little more. But hey, I respect it. Yeah, it's not for everybody. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, um, Northman 6 on 10 for me. Uh, your mileage might vary on that one, though. So, um, All right, so everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, really wanted to see this. I hadn't watched the trailer. I saw a poster for it. I, I saw it was incredibly busy and I didn't focus on anything on the poster. I just kind of saw it and I was like, wow, that's nuts. Um, the the Daniels director's a Swiss Army man. This is all stuff you reviewed in uh, in binge views. Um, really, just a movie that you want to go into without any presuppositions of anything. You you want to kind of yep. hit this as uh, as pure as you can. Um, so if I were comparing this to another movie. This feels like it's in the same genre as Charlie Kaufman. Um, Eternal Sunshine, Malkovich adaptation kind of thing. There is such a pure... um, There's a pure sense of, like, creativity with this movie that I love. You know, there, there are moments where characters are in a space. Let's say it's, like, an office, right? And you get the sense that these characters the directors kind of showed up on set. They had a general idea of what they wanted to do. And then they kind of looked around the, 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 the location that they had and they said, okay, how can we use what's here to our advantage? And then they started to build like an action scene around it, or they changed the blocking based on the way that the laundromat is laid out. You know, it, it felt like a lot of ingenuity on the part of the creators. I, I loved that about this movie. Um, I think the performances are are great across the board. I didn't. I I have to say I didn't have a single thing about this movie that I didn't love. Um, it was unique. It was fresh. It had a lot of heart. Uh, it looked great. It sounded awesome. It had phenomenal references. Really funny. Like really genuinely Seriously. belly laugh funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. And it's one of the few movies that I think, despite. Uh, Again, uh, I, I I don't want to spoil anything, but despite the presence of some items that you wouldn't necessarily want to see on screen while sitting next to your mother, we'll say, um, <laughs> I, the, I would take anybody in my family to this movie because I think the message of it is so good that everybody would just look at that and laugh and move on, you know? Definitely, um, yeah. Yeah, it's... It, it, I don't know. Masterpiece is like a lofty word, but I, I know these guys haven't made a ton of movies, but this is by far the best thing they've made. Um, I don't know where this came from creatively, but these guys are, are absolute fucking geniuses <laughs> for making this movie. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think this movie will buy a lot of goodwill for a long time with both of these guys uh, for me. So, um, yeah, not much else I can say about it other than you should see this. This is a strong 9 on 10. It's a great movie. It's pretty much unlike anything you've seen. Um, and, yeah, the references in this are... They're, they're pulling from so many different places, and I feel like that alone gets so much of my respect. You know, the fact that, like, yeah. they're able to drop a, you know... Uh, like a Wong Kar Wai reference in the same movie that there's, like, Pixar references. Uh, just... <laughs> yeah. Just really good stuff, but um, yeah, there's but yeah. there's a ton of stuff on YouTube now too about them like 
constructing a scene that's really interesting. Like five people, like made like they had a pretty small crew. Like I mean, it's an A twenty four movie. It was only made for like twenty five million dollars, which yeah. you wouldn't really get that just based on what you're seeing. But yeah, just the like the ingenuity and like how difficult it was to shoot some of these shots and stuff. It's fucking brilliant. I think so. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, same like you said. I, I haven't like I think I mentioned that on binges. I haven't laughed that hard through a movie from like start to finish in years, man. It's been it's been a long time, and I had I really wanted to get this in again before we recorded this, just because it's been like three or four weeks since I've seen it now. But yeah, still definitely my favorite movie of the year by far. So yeah, everything everything. I mean, I know I know the title, everything everywhere, but but everything about the movie is great. Like I can't. I, I can't fault anything in this movie. I, I don't know. The, the pacing was great. The story was great. All the characters had a place. Obviously, cinematography is great. The writing's awesome. The music was really cool. It has everything. This is a movie that like truly has something for everybody. I really feel that way. So, absolutely uh, yeah. strong nine on ten. Very strong. So, awesome. okay, like yeah, it was. It was that's you know in a year where there was a batman movie already that's that's comfortably the best movie i've seen this year so awesome yeah that's great but all right um last thing the big big one one. doctor strange in the multiverse of madness so uh again this will be non-spoiler and we'll let you know when the spoilers start so um uh, do we need a quick recap of this doctor strange uh, he's got to go and do some shit right that's that's what the movie is (laughs) yeah i mean I think most people know, right? <laughs> yeah, I. It also is very difficult to talk uh, about the plot of this movie without spoiling anything about it. So, um, mm, definitely, I think we'll we'll probably avoid like plot details. But um, I, don't, I don't know, man. O- overall impressions here. We've talked about it. You keep up with the Marvel shit. You're not a huge fan. I'm I'm loving the Marvel stuff mostly. Um, so I've, I'm a, maybe a little bit more in the bag for this. But uh, what's your level of anticipation on this going into it? So, yeah, I I was pretty into it, man. I, you know, yeah. I've seen WandaVision. I even went back and watched the What If episode you're supposed to watch before this. I yeah. revisited the 2016 Doctor Strange. So, and Sam Raimi. It's, I mean, Evil Dead series. Fucking, I yeah. love Sam Raimi. So I was, I was, this was a definitely on my radar more so than other marvel properties for sure so i went in pretty high expectations for this um and overall i i liked most of this movie mm-hmm. i will say that i think it's trying to be two different movies for me mm. it's 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 still pulling that mcu you know it's it's wanting to be this mcu movie but it's also wanting to be kind of a bonkers sam raimi movie which i can appreciate that they let him do his thing Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it all necessarily works okay. like to a T for me. Um, I really liked a lot of the. I mean, there's like scenes straight out of Evil Dead in this man. Like she's like she's yeah. coming down the hallway with like the fucking oil on her face that they they kind of get away with, like oh it's supposed to be blood but right uh, the horror elements in this I think are fantastic. Uh, I the the problem I have though for Marvel is that I don't like that you have to fucking do so much homework just to watch a goddamn movie. Like mm. for people that haven't seen WandaVision, I think they're going to be kind of confused by this. Like you, that's a huge part of this movie. Like yeah. her character. And I mean, she's the villain. And if you didn't watch WandaVision and know all the West, you know, all that stuff, like I mean, yeah. you're not going to necessarily be caught up here. And that's, 
I don't know. I think that's going to be a detriment for the MCU as we move forward if that's what we're going to be relying on going into these movies for, like, the general public. I mean, us fucking diehard fanboys is a different story, but I don't know. I don't know how – it just it kind of bothered me. But, I mean, what, yeah. what do you think? What, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I think it's, I, I think it's good and bad. I mean, as, I'm, as we're talking about this, it looks like the movie's tracking for a $200 million opening this weekend, which – Oh, yeah, it's going to be huge. Oh, yeah. Is nuts. Um, mm-hmm. And first one made eighty five, eighty five opening weekend. Yeah, <laughs> that's twenty sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that there's going to be momentum, momentum, momentum until the quality really falters. You know, um, because I think that despite not necessarily everybody doing the homework on the you know your your, your study material before you watch a movie like this, I think that. Um, Again, no spoilers, but there's other stuff in this movie that. Uh, how do I say this? There's other stuff in this movie that people will recognize and enjoy from other stuff um, that I think will sort of uh, plaster over any gaps in background knowledge that they have, if that makes sense. I'm, I'm talking around something big, but. Maybe maybe you can piece that together. Um, might be better to talk about in the spoiler section. Um, I, I yeah, it's like you said. I'm a fan. I'm keeping up with it. I'm good with the way that they're going. I do think that one of the problems that we've talked about on this show before is the fact that so many fucking blockbuster movies are just trying to get everybody's money, right? So, like the Jurassic Park Dominion trailer weirdly beat for beat is like a shot for shot remake of the force awakens trailer down to you know there's a shot of the them in the millennium falcon in the dominion trailer there's a shot of them in a helicopter you know like it's they're just trying to get everybody's money i loved the last star trek movie when a lot of people didn't but i felt like it was the truest star trek movie that's been made since like since the fucking kirk days the original kirk days you know um I think that's a good thing when it comes to like serving your fans. So I think that with Marvel, they're getting to the point now where they collected their fans, and I think going forward, they're they're still going to have those like maybe more four quadrant, as they say in the industry, movies where they introduce a character and they get, give a little bit of something for everybody. But I actually like that a movie like Multiverse of Madness. Catering so specifically to their fan base, but also the people who really uh, like Sam Raimi's stuff. So I understand the problem with that in the long run, but I think that Marvel has built up so much of a legion of fans now. That's not going to matter too much for for the foreseeable future. Um, Because I think most people are going to be up on it, you know? Yeah. Um, But... As okay, so did you you like this more than the 2016 Doctor Strange? I like this a hell of a lot more than the first one. Yeah, same, same. I I rewatched, like I said, I rewatched it, and I still don't like that movie. Like I didn't like it when I saw it. I'm just not a fan. I don't know. I just think it feels really choppy, and yep. I, like they force so much into a two hour movie that just doesn't feel that natural to me. Yeah, um, I can. I appreciate that this is not that fucking long either. It's only like two hours and the five or six minutes, so yep. that's pretty great. I like that. I like that aspect a lot. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I think this is a great Benedict performance. Like he's he's made for this role. I think he's really fantastic. Yeah, uh, all around. Um, Wong is great as always. I think he's one of my favorite characters in the MCU. He's always fucking good time. Yeah, he, he, uh, just just cool to see him every time he pops up. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah the, you know, I mean Elizabeth Olsen. She's, I, you know, I, I know some people on the site don't like her. I think this is a great performance uh, for me. Yeah, same. Uh, yeah. You know, I, just her ability to do a lot of different things and kind of uh, she she runs a gamut of, of a lot of different emotions in this movie. Um, I, I think she's doing exactly what they need her to do. I think she's also gotten to the point where they're informing character decisions probably based on like her specific strengths. And I think that's making for a better performance. Um I really liked all that. I liked all that. And the Sam Raimi of it all was fucking great. Like, yes, you're right. It's still a Marvel movie. You could probably still find places where maybe some of Raimi's choices were maybe not squashed, but like massaged into something lesser so that they could do something else. Um, But I look, I think he was still there. I could tell this was still a Sam Raimi flick. It's like you said, oh, definitely. Y- you know, there are evil dead shots in there. There were drag me to hell references that I loved. And it just reminded me of how much I liked that movie. I got to rewatch it. Um, there were some dark man camera tilts that I was like, fuck yeah. You know, I mean, it was there. It was there, you know, yeah. um, to say nothing of what one of the great things that he did in the Spider-Man movies was there were always a, there was at least like one or two moments where. Spider-Man's standing on a ledge or, or um, you know, out, a, uh, out on a deck over the city street. And he has to, like, quickly change or, like, jump off and swing into action. And I love that Raimi found a way to do one of those scenes with Strange in this movie. <laughs> Tosses his yeah. martini, cape flows on, and he just jumps off the, le- the, the uh, you know, the balcony there. Uh, that was awesome. The, the, so many cool moments like that but um but yeah um what about uh so the things you didn't like anything that you can bring up without getting into the spoiler side of things uh, other than what you already said probably not really i yeah i don't know it's it's really hard to talk about this without the spoilers yeah i mean the ones the one scene in particular uh (laughs) um but yeah, I mean, it was just nice to have a fucking Sam Raimi movie again, man. It's the first one since fucking 2013. Like, I know, years. man. What the fuck? Too long. long of a break, dude. Come on. Yeah. Uh, I, I really appreciated that. I've been seeing a lot of like backlash online about this movie is so not for kids. Like, you can't take your kids to this movie. And I, I don't... I'm so desensitized to any of that stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess there's some like... I guess some kind of brutal kills, but it's not like there's like blood spraying out or anything. I don't know. I... Uh, this really is the that. look. If if I ever have a kid someday, this is the kind of movie I'm going to show them as early as possible, and just be like, "Look, if you like this, I have a world of great stuff to show you." So, like, let's get on yeah. board now. You know, I think this is a perfect entry point for anybody who like wants to have a, an interest in horror from a young age. I think this is a great movie to start with, personally. But yeah, yeah. Um, last question in the non-spoiler section: If we get an announcement next week. Sam Raimi is returning to make Doctor Strange 3. Do you give a shit? 
Yeah, I think I still do. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's he's built up enough good credit with me, and I like I would say I like more of this movie than I don't like. I just yeah, that stuff just kind of annoys me with the Marvel shit that they're doing. But yeah, I mean, I I yeah, I'm, I'm definitely gonna be there opening weekend and still watch it for sure. So nice, yeah, nice. I'll, I'll be pumped. All right, let's let's drop a couple ratings now so that the uh, the non spoiler uh, listeners can get that in. So I'll uh, I'll go first. Um, I like that this is more niche. Uh, I like that this is a you know a Doctor Strange story. I feel like Feige and Raimi and this guy Michael Waldron did a good job of knowing how to make a a Doctor Strange story. Um, I felt like it was one that was unique to him. I don't know another character that could have necessarily gone on this kind of journey and uh, made it happen the way that it does. Uh, I, I, I had a great time with this movie, so I'm, I'm an eight on 10. I really enjoyed it. So what do you have? Yeah, I would, I guess to go back to your question from before of what I didn't like, I I just, I thought it was going to be a little bit more crazy than it was. Like I, Mm -hmm. as far as like the multiverse, I, you know, they kind of just visit outside of that one scene that they're going through, you know, the multiple ones and their paint at one point. And Mm -hmm. it just kind of zeroes in on this one uh, universe it seems like so I, I don't know maybe I was ex- maybe that was my fault I went in expecting a little bit more of the crazy you know multiverse stuff and it just kind of zeroed in but I guess that's probably me problem but overall like I said I like this more than I didn't uh, really good time really good fucking just yeah Raimi's the man like what else can we say about that he, he's a, mm. he's a great filmmaker uh, I would give this a I'll give this a soft seven first watch but I sure. probably will watch this again and. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's pretty it's pretty good, pretty good Marvel movie. All right, nice. Chad hates it. Good to know. Okay, <clears throat> all right. Um, okay, so we're gonna talk spoilers now because uh, this is a very difficult movie to talk about without the spoilers. And uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot to it. But um, so we're just gonna go in full bore. I'm not gonna put a, a, a sounder on because I can't find it because it's not easy to find in the store. But um, so, all right. So, three, two, one. We are in spoiler territory. Okay. I did have a problem with this movie that was completely my fault for expecting something to happen. I'm going to explain it, and then we can we can break it down. But so we knew from the trailer there was some sort of cabal of characters, and because they decided to give it away in the trailer, we knew Patrick Stewart was in this movie. Okay. I don't know a lot about the comics. I've never been a comic book reader, okay? But I was on YouTube, and I had heard a really cool theory about how Marvel was going to deal with getting the X-Men into the movies, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And the theory was that there's this famous story called House of M where scarlet witch snaps her fingers and says no more mutants and she gets rid of most mutants on the planet in like the snap of her finger changes reality what i thought they were doing in this movie was that wanda had actually done this before the mcu and changed so much about reality that even she didn't remember doing it and the way that they would reintroduce the x-men was in this movie strange you know in front of this jury of whoever turns out to be the illuminati which is whatever it is but if professor x was there maybe he was one of the remaining mutants that escaped to this universe 
and explains to him what Wanda had done and why she is so powerful and like what kind of power she could hold over everybody. And that this movie would be the introduction of the X-Men. That was a great theory. I think it's actually still on the table based on what we've seen from, from this movie. But uh, it was a little bit disappointing seeing the movie and then realizing, oh, that theory is like even better than what they did in this movie. And that kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, so that was unfortunate, but that was my own fault. So, um, yeah. but you, you're, so we were talking about problems and you said the marvel of it all. So I'm assuming you, your first issue is around this scene, right? Not necessarily, no. I just, I, I don't have a problem with this scene. I mean, I think it's, I mean, John Krasinski's been rumored to be fucking Mr. Fantastic for years. I, yeah. I, from, I did grow up reading quite a few comic books and, uh, you know, watching TV shows and X-Men 97, like that animated series and all that. But he he doesn't really feel like Reed Richards at all to me. He's, like, way mm-hmm. too nice. Like, he's, like, Reed Richards is kind of a fucking prick. And yeah. I don't know, he's, just like, trying to be too nice here. Um, but, no, I don't, I don't have an issue with this scene at all. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do a lot of the, the, like, deep diving going in before this and knowing. I didn't even honestly know about the uh, pro- Professor X being in it. I, I only oh, watched okay. the first trailer for this and didn't even watch. So that was a surprise to me. Um so Black Bolt is the the immortal show they did, right? The, um, I never the watched that. Inhumans. Inhumans, Inhumans. Okay, sorry. Yeah. So yeah, I, he's and that's Anson Mount, I guess, in this movie as yes. well. I thought that was fucking that that death scene was fucking hilarious. I mean, I got that. Was oh fantastic. yeah. That whole uh, sequence, it was such a clever yeah. way to acknowledge a bunch of fan cast shit and then never have to do anything with it again. Like I thought that was kind yeah. of smart. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because the, you know John Watts just left the Fantastic Four, and it's been rumored that Krasinski's going to take the the seat for that. So if he's playing Mister Fantastic in these other universes or whatever, that it would make a decent amount of sense for him to be directing that. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I thought this scene was pretty cool. I'm sure fucking the diehard Marvel fans are just eating it up. Like it, I can't imagine them not. Um, I mean, did you like it overall as a whole or? Yeah, it was it was fun. Um, it, I mean, you definitely get a thrill from Professor X coming out in the yellow hover chair, and uh-huh. you know the little the little X Men theme playing. It's like, oh man, it's so yeah. close. Like, but you know, twenty years of watching these movies since the first X Men, you, I, I will say, I'm very antsy for them to finally open the floodgates and like bring the X Men in. So. Yeah. The last two Marvel movies that I've seen, which were No Way Home and Multiverse, both of them had these prime opportunities to, like, bring them in. You know, I thought that at the end of No Way Home, uh, as we're in the theater, my buddy and I are sitting there, and they're on top of the Statue of Liberty, and there's all of a sudden a tear in reality. Oh, that's right. The first X-Men movie, there's a fight scene at the top of the Statue of Liberty. (laughs) Now's the time. Like, right? They're going to do it. And then they didn't do it, and it's fine. But this movie then also getting, like, so close and then not doing it. It's like, uh, uh, come on. Like, it's time. You know, it's time to do this. Um, so I, I don't think that they're going to be able to push that off much longer, personally. Um, but I will say that, for me, the movie worked well so well for me that I didn't care about that stuff walking out of the theater. Like, in the moment, I was like, oh, okay, we're not going to do it now. But then it settled into some stuff that I... I didn't even know it was going to be on the table. And then, like, you know, of course, 
the zombie strange is is a possession because it's fucking Sam Raimi. I didn't put that together until it was happening, and then I loved it. You know, um, oh yeah, a, a lot of stuff like that worked for me. Um, it, you know, in terms of what didn't work, I I do feel maybe a little bit like the. I while I like the America Chavez character and she's obviously like the catalyst for everything. I like what Wanda does to try and get her power and I think it works mostly in the movie, but I did and and I had this discussion with somebody after the movie, but I did feel like it was odd that Vision was nothing but a footnote of something Wanda says at the beginning of the movie, you know? Like she's she's all about her children and getting into a reality where her children are. And it felt to me like, yes, she manifested kids somewhere in the multiverse, but like she she was with Vision before that, and it was such a big part of who she was that it felt odd to not have any reference to him at any point. But um, maybe that's more of like an MCU geek kind of thing. But yeah, what did you uh, what did you think about the first uh, after after credit scene the Clea Charlize Theron? Yeah, I, I don't know who that is, but uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, do you know much about her? Yeah, I don't. I don't know no. much about her either. I I had heard that that was supposed to be Lady Gaga, but she turned it down, which I'm oh. okay with. Uh, quite okay with Charlize Theron over uh, Lady Gaga there. So, yeah. But the I will say the 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 final post credit scene is probably my favorite post credit scene in Marvel history. I'm gonna oh. throw that out there, <laughs> dude. Look, I I'm a simple man. Okay, you put Bruce Campbell in a Sam Raimi movie. I'm gonna be happy. Yep. So fucking pizza papa, baby. Pizza papa. <laughs> so good. Pizza papa always gets his cash. <laughs> or whatever it was. Um but yeah, no, there was just there was a lot of good stuff. I loved the all the deaths of the Illuminati. Like I thought they were all uh, cool and, and awesome. Um yep. you know, like you said, the black bolt thing, it's just like holy shit. <laughs> like that was <laughs> that was pretty brutal. Um the whole idea of Strange using the spirits around him as, like, demons that he's wielding as weapons against Wanda was really fucking cool. Um, mm-hmm. I can't wait to have this thing on home uh, video in some form so that I can pick out exactly where I fucking know Ted Raimi's voice is because you, you bet, you know, any kind of money, it's there, I'm sure. Oh, um, oh yeah. Yeah, but I, yeah, I am kind of with you, too, though. The multiverse of it all, it could have been a little wackier. Um, could have been a little more weird. Um, but it still was... was I was I was good with it. Um, yeah. But, you know. I just, I, don't, I just don't know if Benedict and uh, Rachel McAdams have, like, any chemistry for me. I don't know. It's just, their, their whole relationship, I don't think, works for me that well. I just mm-hmm. I don't buy it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just me, but... I don't know. It just, just, just doesn't quite work, but yeah, I think it's just that Rachel McAdams is a shitty actress. That's probably what it is. <laughs> I've never liked her in anything I've seen her in. So really, okay, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really necessarily have an opinion. I think she's nice to look at, but <laughs> yeah. well, she might want to, you know, hire a rat and all those things off of her face because uh, I'll tell you what, on an IMAX screen, that mole, holy shit. Holy Dude, shit. Dude, I fucking, I felt, I, so they showed the first 20 minutes at CinemaCon last week. Mm. Uh, and yeah, I couldn't look away from that, but I thought I was being a dick and I mentioned someone else and they're like, no, has that always been there? And I'm like, I don't think so. Has it like it's, but yeah, I feel like it's bigger. I don't know. 
I don't know. It's we were uh, there was a guy on Better Call Saul a couple of weeks ago who had uh, some similar uh, issues on his face. And um, look, in a profession where you use your face to sell yourself, uh, maybe it's worth the investment of uh, getting rid of those things. But what do I know? So, but uh, you know, um, yeah. So the the whole idea of Scarlet Witch being the villain in this. Did you have a whiff of that from the trailers at all? Yeah, I, I thought that, that was going to be the case, right? Mm. She says something about you have all this. I don't know. You get away with all this. It doesn't seem quite fair to me or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess people had thought it was going to be like evil Doctor Strange is the villain, which I guess they kind of play that up in the trailer. You don't really, you can't really tell. But yeah, yeah. I, I always assumed it was going to be. Uh, Scarlet Witch, but but like I said, like even going back to Wandavision, her story kind of wraps up there. I don't know. It doesn't feel like she's a villain at the end of that, and then all of a sudden flips on this again. I don't know. I, maybe I just need to rewatch Wandavision, which, granted, I'm never going to fucking do. So, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. It, it's it, it. It's been a while since I've watched that. It felt like a change that I could buy in this, but I did see some people saying the same thing, like, "Oh, after Wandavision, it's weird that." She doesn't have the presence of mind to understand that, like, her decisions have consequences and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I-, I do like that she ultimately learns that lesson by seeing herself in another reality and, and what, like, what she's doing to her kids there. And, mm-hmm. you know, I-, I like that stuff. I-, I like that at the end of the day, you could boil the movie down to, like, a person trying to help another person, you know, uh, like fix the error of their ways in a sense like yeah it, it really is just strange saying like look you, yes we have to stop this from happening but you also you don't need to go this way you know there's a better way to do it i, I, I kind of like the simplicity of that i like the simplicity of the story overall given the multiverse hopping and all that but uh but yeah, um, it's it's just going to get sticky going forward with this stuff because the more of this multiverse stuff that you open up, um, I feel like you've got to have a really strong creative vision for what you want to do um, to pick your spots for this, you know? Um, yep. Two Marvel movies Feige in a row where you have like... like a... Oh, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I think... I mean, Feige seems like he's got his shit together enough like that... He, yeah, he's got a good direction for it, but yeah, I mean... I'm going to be interested to see where it goes from here because, yeah, I mean, they could they could essentially write themselves out of fucking anything at this point. So it's like, oh, Correct. actually, that was this other, uh, other this is that, that universe. This is that, okay, okay, I gotcha. <laughs> so, I yeah. We'll see. Yeah, be- between that and the whole idea of, like, these scrolls coming up with the secret invasion thing where mm-hmm. you're probably going to have a character that was a scroll all along or something and... Yeah, it just it gets to the point where like it's this is the reason why I never read comic books because nothing matters at a certain point. But um, yeah, it's true. Yeah, everything yeah. can be flipped whenever it needs to be. Yeah. yeah, but you know, two Marvel movies in a row where you have characters that have like multiple versions of themselves in the plot. Um, you know, it's it's fun, but it will it, it is a gimmick and it's being used well, but it's a gimmick, so. Just hoping that they don't uh, lean into it more than they have to. So, well, yeah. All right. Uh, anything else you want to bring up on the spoiler side of things while we're here? I don't think so. I think we touched on everything, really. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else to add. All right. Nice. Nice. 
Yeah. Um, all right. Well, in that case, I think we're good, man. Anything else you want to uh, get off your chest while we're on the recording here, or are we, uh, we we booking it? No, I think I've, I've got it all off. All the content I've watched this week. Oh, actually, yes, I did want to see. So you had the Avatar trailer attached to your screening, correct? Mm-hmm. What did you What did you think, or have any thoughts on that at all? Uh, yeah. So I think. Um... I, it probably is time that I watch Avatar. <laughs> uh, it is yeah, just—it's just a famous blind spot of mine. I never—I never saw it back oh, when it came you, out. Oh, you never actually saw? Okay, you've never seen it. Okay, okay. No, I didn't see it in the IMAX 3D, all that stuff. I had always heard it was just you know Fern Gully with blue cats. I just didn't give a fuck. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it looks like it's getting a re-release in September. So yep. I'll probably go and check it out finally. Um, but, but yeah, I mean the, the, the special effects were never in question. Um, the trailer looks really good. Um, I assume you, you you saw it in 3d or 2d? No, it was 2d. So I was going to ask you, did you see it in 3d? Yeah, they showed it to us in 3d last week. Um, Okay. So I I heard it looked amazing. Yeah. Look, I mean the 3d technology, I mean, from all the, so yeah, when 3D launched back in 0708, the Renaissance ish, the uh, Avatar is still probably the best 3D movie I've seen because it's like that immersive 3D. It's not the gimmicky shoot a bullet at you and it's almost at your eyeball and turns and yeah. so that that itself was a pretty cool immersive experience. The movie itself, the story is you've seen it a thousand times. It's fucking Dances with the Wolves, which you've heard I'm sure too. So, but the same as you, I, I watched Avatar once in the theater, and I, that was back in 09, and I have not seen it since. So, I, I'm going to be interested to see, do people fucking still care 13 years later? But at the same time, it's like, uh, I don't I don't know if I can doubt Cameron, man. Every time I'm like, oh, okay, whatever, he just pulls something out of his ass, and it's like the best shit. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, to see what's going on here. But either way, yeah, the technology looks great, the 3D looks great, and everything else looks fantastic but it's always about story too so we'll see where that goes yeah if it's any indication um when the trailer started and people realized what it was most of the crowd kind of like you know you could hear the gasps in the room so i think that there is really? an appetite for it yeah um oh, okay particularly a couple people in front of us were like oh my god there's another one you know you could hear people <laughs> murmuring and, and stuff so gonna be another four every every two years two is this year or the way of water is the the, the title for it and then yeah 2024 2026 2028 the next two three four five so yeah, yeah. it was yeah. um oh sorry sorry no go for it i was just saying anything i was just <laughs> no no i was just saying you know it, it's one of those things that, not that i'm downing the guy at all um I, I obviously like I have a certain amount of love for James Cameron. He's a phenomenal filmmaker and, and like scientist of fucking movie making. But, uh, you know, the guy has proven aliens Terminator two, like he knows how to make good sequels. So, uh, there's really no reason to think that this won't deliver. And, um, it'll just be interesting to see whether or not he can deliver with four separate movies. But, um, I know that I had heard some rumors that there may be an elemental theme to the four films, that this first one would be water, the next one might be sky. Um, Yeah, I've heard that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so 
don't know exactly what that means, but uh, but yeah, and uh, dude, if anybody's happy about another Avatar movie, let alone another four Avatar movies, it's got to be Sam Worthington because that guy, man. <laughs> yeah, where's he been? Where's he been? <laughs> well, he's probably been uh, practicing to go and be a blue cat again. So good, well, good for him though. Added, you know? Yeah, they've added Kate Winslet to the cast now. I think maybe a couple oh, others. Okay. I, they they were teasing last week that there's a a whole new young cast that they like first or second movies like they're hoping that these are the next big like fucking stars to help roll out so i guess oh, we'll see interesting yeah I, I guess just from a technological standpoint it, it has me intrigued now in a way that i wasn't when the first one came out so um yep. so yeah we'll uh we'll, we'll give it a whirl but yep. all right man um I think that's it for the free binge. Thank you for joining us on this. Uh, stay tuned for the full binge if you're a Patreon subscriber. And if you're not, again, five bucks a month gets you the full binge, gets you Pete's commentaries, gets you a bunch of shows that we do over on Patreon. It's uh, patreon.com slash binge media. Um, in all likelihood, I think it's going to be me next week. Chad, I think you'll be with me as well. And uh, maybe we can find a third. But, uh, but yeah, we will keep everybody posted. And... Uh, yeah, anything else? Step Chad. Got nothing, man. Got nothing. All right. Thanks for joining. Same peace. Yep. See you. Thank you for listening to the BingeCast on BingeMedia.net. To listen to the full binge, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash bingemedia. Binge Media patrons will get access to the full binge, the BingeCast four-hour show on a private RSS feed, and they'll get it a full 24 hours before it hits the public RSS feed. Binge Media patrons also get other perks, so check us out at patreon.com slash bingemedia. Subscribe to the Binge Media Podcast Network at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, the full binge.